Hey, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 153, Top Tips for Smart Hiring with Dominique Farnan. So Dom is someone I'm with in a mastermind. We've gotten to know each other over the last month or so, and I've been so impressed with all of her incredible guidance around hiring that I wanted to have her on the I Heart My Life show. She's actually someone who started doing the work that she's in, which is recruitment, when she was 17 years old. So she's been doing this for about 20 years and knows a thing or two about bringing people into your company. Now, I know a lot of people are struggling with this. I myself had no clue how to hire and am still a work in progress. So I wanted to go a little bit deeper with Dom's story, how she actually came to do this work, everything that she's learned. And in particular, what she's learned personally through growing her team to 25 people in the span of a year, now she's a little bit lower at about 15, but what she's learned from going from no help to tons of help in a very short period of time. She's an incredible inspiration, and I know you're going to get a lot from this episode, even more than just learning how to hire. So let's dive in. This episode was sponsored by the I Heart My Life Mastermind. The I Heart My Life Mastermind is perfect for you if you already have a business and you're looking to scale. We cover tons of different topics. We cover marketing strategy, revenue planning, team, processes, everything you need in terms of mindset, high performance, really taking care of yourself as well as your business, events, publicity. We literally have seven coaches under one umbrella to support you and give you the answers to all of your burning questions. We host regular weekly workshops where you get your personal questions answered. We have retreats. You have a private Slack channel where you get to ask questions 24-7. You have an extensive resource bank that helps you put in place our cash method in your own business and much, much more. This is one of the most inventive programs around. I don't know anyone else offering the service that we provide. So if you are interested in growing your business and transforming your life, definitely book a call with us to learn more. Go to iHeartMyLifeBooking.com and learn more about the I Heart My Life Mastermind. Welcome to the show, Dom. I'm so excited to have this time with you. Thanks, Emily. I'm excited to be here. We are new friends, so I haven't heard your entire story yet, so I'm pumped to dive in. I'm sure the listeners are as well, because you have been an entrepreneur for many years, and so I feel like all of us have lots to learn from you. So we're going to go a bit deeper with how you created all of the success that you've achieved over the last few years, and obviously talk a bit about what you do now and what's to come for your incredible company. Yeah, awesome. Happy to share. Um So where do I start? I will begin at the beginning. So I, my name is Dom, obviously, I run a company called dot connect, and we're a talent advisory. So if those of you don't know what that term is, we're basically recruiters for a variety of different companies. So we help them hire their teams. And we weren't always a company, I founded the company on paper about 10 years ago. And it was really just me, I was a solopreneur, uh, for a long time until I got too busy and decided to go all in on my business and my approach to recruiting. And I hired my team. So now we're about 15 of us strong, globally, um, geographically distributed all over. And um, I started actually recruiting as a profession when I was 17. So it sounds very weird because not many 17-year-olds end up in a corporate kind of job. But 
I graduated high school early in January of this academic year. I was waiting for my class to kind of walk in June and get their diplomas. And so in between that time, I had a lot of time on my hands because I wasn't taking classes. I wasn't enrolled in college. Um, And so what I did was I asked my neighbor who worked at a company if I could be his marketing intern because I wanted to quit working at the pizza shop and actually get some life skills. So he took me up on my offer, made 10 bucks an hour, worked for him for about six months. After that, um, went to HR when they ran out of budget for marketing and said, hey, I really want to keep this job. I'm learning. I'm enjoying it. I don't want to go back to the pizza place. What do you have for me? And the head of HR at the time was building out a recruiting team. So he said he'd hire me as a recruiter and teach me everything I need to know. And that was kind of my first gig. And I didn't really realize at the time it would end up being my career and um, what I became most passionate about because I was so young. But I mean, that really kind of fast tracked everything for me because I had before I was before I was even done with high school, like my first offer out of school was probably 55 or 60 grand, which is more than most people make right out of college back in the day. So yeah, I mean, after that, um, spent a lot of time in corporate recruiting, then started doing some consulting work, uh, spent a bit of time living in Wisconsin randomly for a year. And I always like to think of that year between when I was 22 and 23 as like my living MBA, because I was there working with a general manager of a business, sitting on his leadership team um, and helping him scale out his team. We made it, I don't know, over 100 hires and a lot of PhD scientists in biotech at the time. Um, Got back to California, continued to do consulting work. And then my business just started picking up where I was collecting clients um, and just had a lot of work and spent a little bit of time in Singapore, also doing recruiting. At the time, I was working for BlackBerry when they were still a thing. And, um, that's kind of led me to where I am now. So now running my, my show. Yep. I love it. So I have a few questions about this. This is so fascinating. So first and foremost, were you planning to go to college or you were always planning to find a job? No, I was planning to go to college. So when I was in 11th grade, I started taking community college courses. So by the time I was done with my high school early, I had about almost two years of college done as well. So I continued college when I started my career, got three years of college done. Then when I moved to Wisconsin, I paused because I was just so busy with work and this career trajectory, took 10 years off of school, and then decided to go back and finish my degree four years ago. At the time, I had a three-year-old. My business was crazy. I had eight clients and no help. And I finished my degree. (laughs) So it it was a lot, but I did it. And so I'll come to that part in a second, because that's super fascinating as well. So when you asked your neighbor for that job in marketing, what was it about marketing that uh, kind of sparked your interest or piqued your curiosity? I think for me, it was I was just interested in what he was doing. So at the time, it was a building products company. They were doing a lot of events and like they were out selling stuff to you know big retailers. And it seemed fun and like just something, something different and obviously something not in hospitality, which is what I was trying to get out of. Um, but I didn't really know. I didn't really know if I'd end up in marketing or not. It was more like, I just wanted to get experience doing anything that wasn't working at the pizza shop. Yeah. I love that. 
And so during that time when you were working for him and then you transitioned into recruiting, um, was there anything about that company that kind of, again, told you this is something that's meant for me? Was there something that kind of clicked for you when you discovered recruiting or was it not that much of a light bulb moment? Yeah, no, it clicked pretty quickly. I just loved my team. So I had the opportunity to have an amazing team of really, really senior level people that supported me and poured into my development and just wanted to teach me and coach me and mentor me. And I had a really amazing leader that I was inspired by. And, you know, he was very big on team building and we were, it was very familial. So like, we were just like a very badass kind of, you know, recruiting SWAT team. I love that. And so how many years passed before you actually started your own business? Probably about seven years passed before I decided to register my business and start getting clients and seeing how that would go. And so when, during that time, I I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs, obviously, and, and there's kind of a myriad of thoughts around starting your own business. Some people, they knew it was the right path. Other people, they weren't so certain. They wanted to kind of dip their toe in the water. So what camp were you in? Were you full speed ahead or, you know, what was, what was your reality during that time? Yeah, I think for me, I was curious. Um, and I also just trusted myself and I had confidence and if I was going to do it, I would succeed. Like I've always been of that mindset. And I think I get that from my grandma always being believing in me um, and really kind of, you know, giving me that confidence. Like she'd look at me with this, this adoration and just tell me how, how I would be able to do anything and how amazing I was. But getting that, like, then I'd look at myself in the mirror and go, yep, you're right. Okay. I'm amazing. I'm going to do this. Like I wasn't scared. I, I wanted to do it. I wanted to see what it was all about. I wanted to see if I could get clients and then I could, and it was all kind of clicking. So it became very easy. I also felt like in corporate, I was always a bit of the, I don't know. I used to get, I used to get ridiculed a bit because I'd come in, be heads down, do my work, go home. I wasn't in corporate to make friends and have a social life. Like I was always just really about the work and getting things done and maximizing my time outside of the office. Back in the day, it was like you were in the office, you were kind of chained to your cube and that's how it was. So I didn't, I didn't like that setup. I wanted more freedom and flexibility and autonomy. And I wanted to just be rewarded for getting good work done. I didn't really want to worry about all the other stuff in the office politics. I love that. Yeah, I can relate to that. I've never been in corporate, but during college, James and I always joke because I, all I did was study and he'll talk about all the things that he did with friends and going to clubs and all the stuff. And I'm like, I've never done that. And part of me kind of questions, should I have been more focused on friendships? Should I maybe have had more fun? But I think I was so driven and just so dedicated to what I wanted to create and the results I wanted to see. And that was kind of the only way that I knew how to do things. And it's gotten me to where I want to go or where I I am today. Um, So yeah, totally resonate with that. Uh, And I love the fact that your grandma poured so much confidence into you. I think that's really special and, and so important. Was she somebody who you were close to as you were growing up? Yeah, I would say I call her my twin soul. So she, she passed away 11 years ago, but she, she is, she's, she's actually what I named my company after. So while dot connect makes sense because we do connect the dots and we connect people, um, it's really just a shortened version of her name, which was Dorothy Constance. 
and we used to call her Dottie. So that's kind of what came about. And I actually, I know it sounds a little bit woo woo, but I feel like, especially in this weird pandemic year that we've been having, having her like energy has been coming back to me a lot. And her, I feel like she's watching over me and watching over my business. That sounds, mm. I hope it doesn't sound weird, but that's kind of, I feel like there's a very, I feel like there's someone there looking out for me. Mm, I love that. Well, our audience is woo-woo, so don't worry. What is it? <laughs> what have you noticed? Can you share anything that has happened that made you feel like she was there? Yeah, I mean, there's so many things. Um, just even the way that work is coming about and referrals are coming through, like, uh, here's a good example. So I have a, a proposal out right now for a really big client and they need to hire 60 designers in the next six months. And I need one more like lead design recruiter on my team. So I'm putting feelers out. I've been networking. And last night I was thinking as I was prepping for this proposal, like I haven't talked to this one guy for a while. Let me reach out to him. So I reach out to him and then I go, Hey, do you know any design recruiters? So he pings me this perfect amazing fit, perfect design recruiter that if I throw on this project, we'll land it in a heartbeat and the client will be in love because it's coming from a direct competitor. The guy's been gone long enough, so it wouldn't be weird, but just just weird things like that, where things are just lining up with zero effort. And it feels like the universe is just all aligned on it. Oh, I'm obsessed with that. I love it. Yeah. It's so interesting. I always tell my clients to follow those impulses. If somebody crosses your mind or you even have a dream about somebody, I've done this before where I'll wake up and realize I've dreamt about somebody from high school, someone I haven't thought about for years. And I'll actually just message them and ask them how they're doing because I feel like there's a reason why somebody is on your radar and it's our job to follow those instincts. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Love it. So as you were starting your business back in the day, as you, you know, were moving forward and getting those clients, what were some of the fears or early struggles that you had um, as you were going down that path? Um, for me, it was definitely just having a scarcity mindset and not thinking that I was as good as I was, or you know, who would pay me to do this work and who would pay me more than I was worth to do the work. Um, so I, I struggled with that a lot. I still struggle with that a lot, but I think I was telling you yesterday about changing that mindset and just kind of seeing what happens. And when you kind of let go of that, how much more your, you know, your, your, and how much more when you are leading with abundance, like things start to come your way, but just really easily too. It was interesting for me, early days, I was just super imposter syndrome, didn't think anyone would be buying what I'm selling or, and it was really hard to overcome, but I've gotten much more confident in that. And even just now in leading my team for the past couple of years, um, didn't feel my, didn't really even view myself as a leader. Didn't think my team would be viewing me as a leader or somebody that they would want to work with, um, and work for, but that's all kind of stuff that I've been working on getting rid of and, and shedding in this you know, this part of where I'm at in my life. Yeah. Thank you so much for that honesty. And that comes up for a lot of people. And even, you know, recently as I've been hiring more people and having conversations and doing interviews and even onboarding team members, it's so interesting to see the shift. And I was telling James yesterday that 
I now look at it as like, this is a privilege that we get to hire these people. And there are people who work for us who are like, this is their main source of income and they're providing for their families and they want to be able to retire their husbands. And like that, that could be overwhelming because there's a lot of responsibility there, but I'm choosing to look at it as a privilege. And I have seen that people have been excited to work with us, which I mean, that sounds so obvious, but people are excited to get into this company and to learn from me and to get to devour the resources and to be a part of our clients and their success. And I don't know about you, but it just, it was never anything on my radar when I started the company. I was thinking about clients and sales and all of that, but team has become a huge part of my job description and leadership and all that comes with it. And there's been a huge learning curve, but I think that the rewards are really great as well. Yeah, I agree. I I tell my team now, like culture is the number one most important thing um, that I'm focused on. Like it's, it's what, it's literally what keeps me up at night. It's literally what I focus a lot of my energy on because you have to have a right team and the right culture to do the right type of work and have and achieve excellence with, with your clients and whatever your business is. If, if you've got all kinds of drama going on and, and internally you've got stuff that isn't jiving and your employees aren't happy, then they're not going to be able to do good work. So back in the day, and I keep saying back in the day, like it was 30 years ago, so I apologize. But when you were first starting and you said for many years, you were a solopreneur. So what was it that clicked for you that was the realization around, you know what, I'm hiring for all these other companies, I need to start hiring for myself and actually focusing on building a team? Yeah, I mean, it was literally right around this time two years ago, I had dinner at my house with my friend Nicola. And we were sitting down, I was super burnt out. I was exhausted because I had eight clients myself and two part-time people helping me sourcing at night. But I was client facing with all the clients and all the hiring managers and all the candidates. So it was insane. I was probably working 100 hours a week. Uh, The money was great, but I was miserable. So we had dinner and I, I was thinking about it and I was like, well, I'm not sure if my clients will let anybody else but me recruit. Like they all love me. If I tell them I have a team, they're going to lose their marbles. I'll lose my clients and then I'll be out with nothing. So I'm scared. I don't want to tell them. I don't want to pitch my idea of letting me bring my quote unquote team in. My team was fake at the time. Like I didn't have a team, but I was going to tell them I was going to have a team. And then I was going to build a team and train them up to, to deliver at the quality that I expect and what I had already done for several years. So Nicola really encouraged me. She's like, you got to do it. They're going to, they're going to let you, they're going to let you bring your team in. You built the trust, you have the credibility, like you have the equity, do it. So after that, that's what I did. So January 1 of uh, 2019, I went through my clients and I basically like flipped all of them. So I said, Hey, I've got a team now, so I'm not doing the day-to-day recruiting anymore. My team is going to do that. And here are our options and here's the price points and blah, 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 blah. And I kind of winged it and went all in. And then I did that. And we, last year at one point we were 25 people, which was a lot, like a lot of growth to see in a short period of time. And 10 people aren't here anymore. And I think that's okay. They were the right people to not be here. And the 15 who are here, were still here from, you know, years prior. Um, and they're the right people doing the right work now. Like you, I, I had a lot of bumps and like learning curves last year, scaling from zero to 25. Um, and I'm, you know, it was all really good learnings though. 
Oh, wow. I love that. I got goosebumps when you shared what you said to those clients about how now you're going to have the team do do the recruiting. Did you have any pushback or was everyone accepting? I had pushback for sure. I had people that clients that like refused. They were like, no, well, I don't want to work with your recruiters. I only want to work with you. And I said, well, cool, but that's not an option because I don't do recruiting anymore. Like I now do this and my team will do the recruiting. So I'm still around and I'm still going to be here to ensure that the work is being done at the quality in which we've promised, but I'm not going to talk to your candidates anymore. Like those days are over. Um, but, and, you know, always with my team in the first beginning time, and even now, like I'm always in the background, I'm always overseeing strategy and making sure the team, the, the recruiters understand what the clients are looking for and sharing my brain trust. Like the best part about flipping all the clients was that I, my, I maintained the brain trust. I was able to, you know, deliver that over to my team and it was a seamless transition. So as I wound down my searches and gave them over to my team, it's not like the quality dipped and all of a sudden like they had a, a bad experience. Like the quality maintained across the board. We actually built our business, got net new clients besides the referrals. Like the, the business we had and we started with were all referrals from my network of people that have worked with me for like 10 plus years and taken me to every company that they've ever worked at and brought me in in some way, shape or form. So that was our like foundation business. And then this year and last year, we've been adding net new businesses based on, you know, the other work my team is now doing. So it's not even about me anymore. It's like the team continues to do good work, which is growing this business. That's awesome. I remember I had a mentor that told me your, your clients don't want you, they want results. And I thought that was so interesting. And it's always stuck with me because we did something similar a few years ago where I realized I didn't want to have 27 one-on-one coaching clients. I didn't want to be the only person running group programs. And so we started to bring in other coaches. The first person was years ago with James. And then we hired even more. And we've really trained our community to understand the value of the other people who are under I Heart My Life and all the expertise that they bring. And that's really allowed me to step into other areas that are my zones of genius and not... Yeah. And not be the only one who's in this pro these programs. And excuse me, we really see it as a benefit to our clients. And I think sometimes you need to have those conversations with your clients or train them, so to speak, to understand why it doesn't have to be you and why it's actually a good thing that it's not. Yeah, no, totally, totally get it. And so you mentioned some of the learnings that you had uh, last year as you hired 27 people, which I can't even imagine. Are you able to share some of them with us? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest one is hire slow and fire fast. Like really, I understand now my hiring manager's pain points with taking their sweet ass time during the interview process. Like as recruiters and a recruiter who runs a good process you're thinking candidate experience and you want to get people hired quickly. You want to move fast. You want it to be easy. But as a hiring manager now myself, I understand not rushing the process and really, really making sure that you have a good feeling. And there, you know, interview interviewing is an art and a science. So like you can rubric everything and you can have a scorecard for everything and you can align people's traits and attributes and whatever. But at the end of the day, like there's still a soft skills piece of it. And there's still a connection that you have to have with that human being, you know, and it's not, 
it's not an easy thing. It's not a linear process. Like you, you do go ups and downs in your interview process. So for me, I think it's really higher, slow, take your time. And if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. And what would you say to the person who desperately needs somebody to support them because they're burnt out and they can't keep doing everything themselves? What do you do when you're in that place and you just want to get someone to fill the role? Yeah, that I mean, I've, I've, I've been in that place. Um, for me, the first two people I hired were friends of mine, which was scary, but I started very slow with them. And I think if, if you have the opportunity, if you are in that mode and you're burnt out, like use your, your network first and, you know, network friends and family and see if you can offload some of the stuff you're doing to someone you really trust. Because if you don't and you offload it to someone you don't trust and or know very well, and it doesn't work out, it could be really, it could be a very costly mistake. Mm, Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think so many people um, are nervous about hiring. We work with a lot of new entrepreneurs and they are looking for potentially someone like a VA. And then we work with people in our mastermind who are further along. And there's always this this fear around making a mistake, hiring the right person. It's going to cost me so much that I'm going to have to train somebody else. So I love what you're saying in terms of, you know, get really clear about what it is that you need and hire slowly so that you can actually find the right fit and have that feeling that it is the right fit. Yeah, I think being intentional is very important when it comes to building your team. And I think in some roles, like some roles are easier to fill than others with people who may not be your friends and family that you need to super duper trust. Like for me, when I was a solopreneur and I I had two people helping me, I really needed the help. I wasn't able yet to come out to my clients, letting them know that I had any help because I really wanted to make sure that the, the, the women I hired were like super trained up and ready to go and that I could put them in front of clients and not risk any reputation damage or anything like that. And so was there anything, um, back in during that time that you were worried about in terms of their level of expertise or them actually handling certain situations? And a better question would be, did they kind of go all in or was it baby steps? And as they show, kind of prove themselves, you gave them more responsibility? Yeah, totally. It was, it was definitely baby steps, but we started at a foundational level. So like when you're starting out recruiting, you need to understand how to find candidates. So the first thing that you're doing is you're learning sourcing and researching. And like, that's your foundation. If you can do that, then you can move on to being client-facing, talking to candidates, talking to hiring managers, understanding org structures, talking to HR business partners, talking to finance people, negotiating offers. It's all this other downstream process stuff that you end up doing after the fact. But my my first few hires really, they were learning through osmosis and they literally shadowed my entire life for probably six months or not, if not longer. Every call I had, every like decline calls for candidates, pitch calls for clients, you know, follow up preps, like any single little aspect of my life. And no detail was too small for them to want to uh, replicate. Oh, interesting. So would you recommend that for every hire? So not every hire, but for the main hires, for example, with us, somebody who's going to be taking over some of the items that I'm doing as an integrator or director of operations, you would actually have them shadow um, as much of my day as possible. Yep. Yep. 
Exactly. I mean, the the person who's on the docket for me to be my right hand and COO has been with me for a couple of years and is the one I trust the most and literally knows how I think, what is important to me, how I'm feeling emotionally if I'm having an off day, if I'm not like attached at my hip, knows my job in and out and could do my job if, if I got hit by a bus tomorrow. How does that feel? It feels, it feels finally like empowering. Like I can go, huh, okay, take a little yeah. breather. Um, but you know, I do think that for every role, not just the right hand person of the, of the founder or CEO, my team, we have a shadowing schedule. So when you're a new hire, we have a whole like shadow rotation where literally the new hire shadows almost every single person on the team, if they can for the entire process end to end at various steps in the process. So like, you know, we have these two new hires, Alexis and, Sh- and uh, Emily. Alexis and Emily will shadow Erica, Noella, Chanel, Justin, every one's individual roles, functions, update meetings, whatever, um, before they do them on their own. And then they, we have a reverse shadow where the leads, who are the more senior people and myself, can pop in to, you know, shadow their meetings that they end up leading with clients. Wow. So I feel like this is so interesting because it's such a shift. Obviously, you were doing so much in your company. And now, like you said, the role is culture. And obviously, someone has developed these systems. I'm sure you were a big part of that. And, you know, you're mentoring team members. And so how have you felt with that shift? Has it felt like, you know what, this is actually what I'm supposed to be doing? Or have you missed any of the doing? No, I, I feel more aligned with my true calling and my higher purpose being in a mentor and lead inspirational type of role versus being in a recruiting role. Like I think I was just really used to being in my zone of excellence, um, recruiting all day long. Cause that's what I knew and what I was good at and what I could do in my sleep. But my zone of genius where all the magic comes out is, uh, the mentorship piece. And I think that for me, that's what I found this year. I was just talking to my coach about this before our call. And, you know, when I went to her in June to sign up for coaching with her, I was feeling like something was missing in my life. And I had success. I had a business. I had a team. Everything was going well, but I wasn't, there was a big piece of me that was missing. And and the first thing I said to her is like, I want a whole life, a holistic, whole, full, fulfilling life. And so I was really in search of more of a a meaningful success. Like, when I started doing my coaching work, I, I was focused on two things, money and challenge. Like those are my two values. And now that's totally been flipped on its head because now I'm focused on being present and finding my meaningful success and creating a deeper relationship with my son and kind of going through this own journey of a lot of, um, emotional awakenings I've been having, like sounds weird, but I've been crying a lot more because I've been feeling a lot more. And I've just been seeing beauty in a lot of things, seeing beauty in these letters that I'm finding from my grandma, seeing beauty in writing my son letters. Um, and so it's just, it's it's a weird place that I'm at where I'm at, but I really feel like I'm in my, in my true calling and what I'm supposed to be doing. That's amazing. I love that. 
We had one of our speakers that I heard my life live this past January talk about the fact that his goal is to cry every single day because he knows that if he's doing that, he's connecting to his purpose. He's connecting to nature. He's connecting to things that bring him joy. And uh, I'll have to introduce you to him because you will love him. But um, I, I totally get that. And I get kind of the, tr- the, the journey that you've been on because I think in the beginning, it is all about keeping the business going, making the sales, bringing in the clients, all of that stuff, moving through challenges. And then you get to a point where you're like, okay, well, I only get one life. And yes, my business is super important to me, but I also want to have the meaning and I want to have the holistic and I want to have the relationships and the health and all the components. And, you know, we're all worthy and deserving of that. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. And so you're a mom, as you mentioned, I'm curious to know a little bit about how that has been. Obviously, I don't have kids yet. How has that been kind of juggling all of it and and trying to um, do both simultaneously and do both well? Yeah, I think um, I've I've learned a lot about um, myself. And I had this idea of the type of mom I would be when I was pregnant and before I had a kid. And I can tell you that how I am is not my idea of how I thought I would be. I thought I'd be like a perfect mom and super involved and a soccer mom and all this stuff. And I'm, I'm not, I, but I do choose to be um, present and all in when I, when I am with him. So like he goes to school, I work, I work a lot clearly cause I'm doing this stuff. I'm also building another business. Um, and a lot of my clients are on the East uh, West coast. And I'm on East coast. So I often am working late, but I'm not, I don't try anymore to strike a balance of like perfect mom and perfect boss or perfect whatever. To me, when I'm with my son, I'm all in and I'm present. And, you know, it's not going to be all the time. I can't make it all the time. And I don't try and go, all right, I'm logging off at five and it's family time and whatever. That's not realistic. That's not how it, how it goes when you're running a business and you have a team and clients and all of that. So I've just learned to give myself a little bit of grace and, and, tell myself that I am a good mom, even if I'm not the same good mom as someone else. Like I've stopped with the mom guilt and all that kind of stuff. I've also set boundaries in place. Like I'm not going to listen to any of the guilt trips that people try and give you if um, you don't do this or you don't do that. Like I think social media, it's hard because a lot of people have a lot of things to say and opinions and you're never going to please everybody. So I think you just kind of put all that out the window and do the best that you can and, you know, really be present when you are in the moment. And, and that's it. Like, there's no, I, I don't try and, and like, balance it all, because there is no balance. Mm, yeah, I love that. You and I are in a mastermind together, and I'm the only one without kids. So I know I'm going to go and ask all of you for some advice when that time comes, because I, I truly at this point have no idea how I would fit having a child into my schedule. And I know that we we will have kids, but it's like, such a question mark because you fill the time that you have, yeah. right? And and so I'm sure that if I cut back on work that I would have some extra time, but like it doesn't compute for me. How do you have time for this whole other human and running a business? Yeah, you you will find that you'll sleep less and but you'll <laughs> also find that um I don't know. You like, I thought about it too. Like, where am I going to get the time? And now I'm thinking like my son just turned seven today, actually is his birthday. And, um, I was going, well, maybe I want another baby. And my husband's like, you're nuts. Like, no, (laughs) because when are you going to do that to your point? 
Uh, what are you going to do? Sit on zoom with a newborn? Like you're crazy, but you, you just, you find the time and you find the energy and you do do it all. Like moms are amazing. Like respect to all the working moms. Um, because you, you just, you just make it happen. It's some, some it's easier than others. Like my friend, Emma Isaacs from business chicks, she has six kids and she's the chillest mom I've ever met in my life. I, I was telling her that a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed her for something else. And I'm just like, Emma, I always thought like, you're so chill for a mom with six kids. She's like, well, yeah, now they kind of break off into pairs and they go hang out with each other. And like, it's kind of like, there's so many of them that they're like their own preschool together. I'm like, okay, that works. Wow. (laughs) I love it. Well, one question I have for you, Dom, is how would somebody know if they're right for your company? I know that you work with people like you mentioned who are looking to hire 60 people at one time, but you know, what sort of companies uh, come to you that you're able to support? Yeah, so we support a lot of tech companies. So a lot of software companies, um, enterprise SaaS companies come to us, direct to consumer product companies come to us. Um, so we don't have an industry specialty. We've got, we, I think it's just based on my consulting background. Like I'm interested in learning things new all the time. So I've never specialized in one area or another, um, because I'm just so fascinated about learning what's out there for my specific company to work at dot. I look for people who just have a growth mindset want to always be learning. Like that's one of our, (laughs) one of our values is, um, just, you know, intellectual curiosity and, you know, people who want to own, have ownership, deliver high quality work. Um, the one of my hires, that's probably one of my best hires came from hospitality, had no, no recruiting experience at all, but I just saw something in her when I talked to her and she was ready to make a jump and ready to learn and just was a sponge and wanted to take it all in and show me what she is made of. And it's been the best decision I've made. Like I, if I could have 10 more Chanel's, I would do it all day, every day. Do you think attitude is more important than skill set? hundred percent. Yeah. I've seen that as well. And so what would you say, you know, we have a lot of listeners who are business owners, they're small business owners. What would you recommend if somebody is looking to hire, what are some of the important steps or components to remember as you're going throughout that process? I think, think about your values, think about what's important to you. And a lot of people would like to try and delineate personal and professional values or like business values and then personal values. To me, I don't like to delineate, like have your values, know who you are and know who your business is. Um, and think about the type of person where your values and, and there's a line and that resonates, right? So like whatever you're putting out there, they're going, yep, mm-hmm, I love it. I got it. And that, that's that's your person. And I think secondly, write down what can be taught. Anyone can learn anything on the internet these days. You can, you can learn software. You can learn all of that. You can't learn how to give a shit, right? Like you can't learn to wake up and log in when nobody's breathing down your neck to log in because you don't have to go to an office. You can't learn to have a growth mindset. You either have these things and you're like, they're part of you or, or not. I think the interesting thing with some of my team and what I found is I, I kind of, you know, made them feel for once in their lives, like they could, they can achieve and they will and to believe in themselves. So I think that's huge. Like 
if you can, you know, really believe in yourself to get it done, like that's, that's, that's what will get you through. That's huge. I lo- I wrote down, you can't teach someone to give a shit. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And that comes back to the point around attitude is more important than that skill set because you can't teach that. Love it. Yeah. So what's next for you, Dom? What are you most excited about for your company or companies, I should say? Um, I'm excited for Dot Connect because we just have such a good 2021 outlook. And we're doing a strategy session in December as a team, just really setting our intentions, doing a retro on this crazy pandemic year, but getting clear on what we need to do going forward, the type of you know company we want to be and how we show up to our clients and our candidates. So I'm excited for that. I'm also excited for the new business that I'm launching um, sometime middle next year and the mastermind that we're in together. Um, because I feel like that to me is my true purpose. I think I posted that on the Slack the other day with the group. Like it's all feeling really, really right and very aligned. And I haven't felt like that for a long time. So I'm really excited about that. And um, I'm also writing a book. So that's those, those are my big things and what I'm most looking forward to. That's awesome. And I love how you said a few minutes ago, you, you, you said it in passing, but Dot Connect is your foundation business. And because that has been successful and because it has built that foundation for you, whether it's financially or whatever, reputation-wise, skill set-wise, you're now able to create something else. And this is something I think a lot of visionaries struggle with. It's like we have so many different, and I'll put myself in this camp, by the way, we have so many different ideas and so many different things that we want to do in this lifetime. And it's very hard not to do all of them at the same time or be tempted to do all of them at the same time. But I just want to point out, and we could probably do a whole nother episode on this at some point, but this is, you've made the decision because your one business is stable and you have the processes and you have the support. And now you're going off and you're doing the other business, which is really uncovering a new purpose or an, you know, a continuation of the, the previous purpose. And that's amazing. And I, I just want to bring that to everyone's attention because you can do multiple things, but there's an order and there's a chapter for each. No, exactly. It is. There's a chapter for each. And I think that, you know, do the one thing that you're doing and do it really, really, really well and be intentional about it. And I, I posted the other day on LinkedIn about a Walt Disney post that I got from the Disney Institute last year when I was there. And it was be intentional where others may be unintentional. So like that really stuck with me because it's in our world of recruiting, like it's easy to to ghost people and be a crappy recruiter. That's pretty much the whole industry, right? So people immediately when they talk to us and our team, like, eh, you're just another recruiter, roll their eyes and whatever. But we're super intentional about their experience. And then we do it consistently And we've done it consistently for years and years and years. And that builds brand equity. And when you have equity, then you've got stability, right? And like security. So to me, all of that is really important. If nothing else, in whatever business you're in, just do it really, really, really well. And then you're rock solid. Thank you for that reminder. And the question we love asking all of our guests here at I Heart My Life is what is one way our listeners can create a life that's better than their dreams? I think um, that's a good question. Um, You know, I think just don't be in a hurry. 
right? Like, don't be in a hurry to get to success. I feel like I've been doing my my profession for 20 years, but nobody saw, only people see the last two years that I have a business and a team. Nobody saw the other 18 years that I was grinding it out to then achieve success 20 years later. Like, just take the process for what it is, take it all in. And, it, and you know, success can be anything to you. It doesn't need, necessarily need to be money. It can be like your fulfillment, right? And, and all of that. So just slow down and be in your life and be present and experience what you experience and, and don't rush to get to the end because it, then it's going to go by really quick and you're not going to, you're not going to be able to enjoy your life. Mm, thank you. Thank you for that. And can you just share who specifically you love working with? Is, is there a certain size business that you love working with? I know there's not a certain industry, but when, when would someone be ready for a recruiter? Yeah, I think we do really well with businesses. Like we have worked with some earlier stage companies and, you know, not even seed funded companies. Um, that's a little challenging, you know, working directly with pretty small companies like that with founders who ha- haven't fully tapped out their networks yet to, to build their companies. We do really well in places like 40 plus to 250 employees. That's probably our sweet spot. Anywhere beyond that, they typically have in-house recruiting teams um, and or HR already in infrastructure. Like we come in and we're usually those first founding recruiting members that you have. We help set up your process. We help train your hiring managers. We, we work with your HR if you have it. We are your HR if you don't. Like There's a lot of different things, but I think that's usually our sweet spot. And where can people find you? You can find us at .connectllc.com or we are .connect on Instagram. Thank you so much, Dom. I've loved this conversation. I'm grateful for your honesty and just your wisdom and your presence. So thank you for being such a gift to our community. I hope you loved today's episode. And if you are ready to hire your new team members, maybe your first, maybe your third, it doesn't matter. We want to support you. Within the I Hurt My Life Mastermind, we talk about team on a daily basis. We don't want you to be that one woman show. We don't want you to be scrambling to get everything done. You deserve to be fully supported. So go to iheartmylife.com slash mastermind to learn more about working with us in this intimate group that will support you in scaling your business and life in every way. And thank you so much for being a part of the I Heart My Life show. Looking forward to speaking to you on the next episode. We hope you love this episode. Thank you so much for being an avid listener of the I Heart My Life show. Take a second and leave a review. It would mean so much to us and we read all of them. And for further inspiration and life and business tips about creating a life that you love and achieving massive success, definitely follow us at I Heart My Life on Instagram and at I Heart My Life Now on Facebook. See you next time.